All right, we're live. Most of us are alive. We're live. Yeah. Whee. Happy New Year. <laughs> Again? Is, another, point, is it another one? At what point can, do we stop saying Happy New Year? The only reason I say it is because this feels like the first episode after the Game of the Year thing. So it feels like mean. the new year can officially begin now, you know? Yeah, no, game I know what you I know what you mean. However, like I, I'm still playing like old games. That's not true. I'm playing a few new games, but I was up until like maybe today I was still playing old games. So it still didn't feel like the, the new year had begun. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, John's supposed to be here, but I, I don't shrug. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, we're just kind of hoping he's okay. Because <laughs> yeah, usually we um, get a message if something's wrong. But yeah, hopefully he'll join. I'm assuming he's asleep, but hopefully he'll join in at some point. But hey, if anyone out there knows where John is, let us know <laughs> and tell him he's late for the podcast. Man, this is where it would be good to have like a printed out picture of him with like, have you seen this man? And just like hold it up to the camera or something. Yeah, like, like, like an egg, egg. Like, I don't know, um, like a milk carton. <laughs> a milk carton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, people in chat are saying they think he's recording something. So maybe he's like working late or something like that. I don't know. Could be. Again, I feel like when that that's a possibility, he usually gives us a heads up. Um, so, I yeah, know. that's why it's scary, <laughs> because he usually gives us a little message. Uh, we shall we shall see, though. How has your last week been? Uh, it's been OK. It's been it's felt like a long week, weirdly, and I don't really know why. I think it's the weird weather changes we're getting up here. It's been weird. So. Uh, yeah, my mom's been kind of updating me. You guys are going all over the place uh, temperature wise. Yeah, I think that's part of it. That's Calgary for you, but it's still pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing. Oh, have you seen the show Letter, Kenny? Because I started oh. watching that. Okay. It is real good. <laughs> I really, really like that show. It's really funny. It's uh, old, though, isn't it? Like, I feel like I've heard of that forever. So, like, 2015 or 16 is when oh, okay. it started. They're it's up than I expected. to 10 seasons because every season is six episodes long. Oh, okay. So, it's still going? It's still going, yeah. The 10th season just released on December something of last year. Right on. That's cool. Um... What do you like about it? What's what's so good about it? It's just so it is a fast talking Canadian comedy type thing, like good dialogue, good writing, funny characters, super stereotypical. But in the way sure. that when you've lived up here, you probably know at least somebody who does some of these mannerisms. And so that stuff is pretty good. It's just kind of smartly written and funny. Like when I think of like canadian comedies that are that are just like too over the top i i think of like the red green show okay which is it's, old yeah no it's not like that <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say i would say it's not like that i've also probably watched like less than five episodes of the red green show because i just did not care yeah the red green show red green show intro music has like this weird effect on me where growing up anytime it started i would just like run for the remote or whatever to change it because <laughs> i found it so boring sure yeah 
Yeah. Pavlovian response is the uh, term I was looking for. We um, started a new show. I I must have been a couple weeks ago, uh, but we've been watching almost an episode every night this last week. Um, How to with John Wilson. Yeah, I've watched it. It's good. Yeah. A second season just came out somewhat recently. We're about halfway through that. Uh, That's that's a pretty enjoyable show. The enjoyable part about it is seeing where the hell it ends up. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) For me. Well, like every episode, because it's like this episode is how to whatever. Right. Yeah. And um, like how to make small talk. Or yep. I think that's like the, one that's of the, the, I think that's the very, very first, first episode. One. Yeah. yeah OK. Yeah. OK. Then which one of them ends up going to a uh, Mandela effect convention. And I think it's yep. like I can't remember which one it was, but it's like this. It's definitely real early on. Yeah. Yeah. And it just they go to such weird places and like just awkward, weird conversations. One of with the more weird people, one of the more recent weird people that he came across is he was in Florida and he went to the CEO of Bang Energy okay. drinks house and he just like let him in during his like. Like there was a baby shower happening and then he was just like, oh, hey, I'm I'm with HBO doing a documentary and the guy was just like, all right, let me show you the house. Yeah. <laughs> um it is pretty ridiculous so it's it's produced by nathan Nathan fielder Fielder. which is which is how i came across it as a as a big nathan for you fan um yeah it has a lot of that same comedy style but instead of like the instead of him kind of starting or like keeping that going he just kind of lets people like hang themselves really he like provides a topic or whatever then he just talks to weird people and it just builds in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, it is also great because when he's like, you know, the whole thing is like a big monologue and he'll be talking about something. Just the footage that he's collected of weird things going on in New York. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. so many times we're like, <laughs> what is that man doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of a good collection of, of uh, video. So, yeah, if anyone has access to HBO Max. um how to with John Wilson is it's like a chill, but like also very funny episode. Um, it's very good. Yeah. The one that, the one that ends up deviating and talking about like foreskin regrowth for a while. (laughs) That was, that was wild. Holy smokes. That was insane. (laughs) Um, and the host John Wilson is so awkward. Like he's just like the perfect guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very Nathan Fielder for sure. So, yeah, it's very good. Uh, it's on Craven Canada. If um, if you're right. in Canada, right. also Letterkenny is produced by Crave, so that's uh, Crave Original. If you have Crave, check that out too. Okay, so I wouldn't even have access to it down here. But there's probably something that does, like maybe Hulu or something. There's probably something that does it. Yeah, Crave and Hulu usually have a lot of overlap. A lot of the shows down here end up on Crave. But makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's do a podcast about video games. Um, people in the chat are saying, yes, it's on Hulu here in the States. This is the top down perspective for January 20th. I'm Sean Booker. I'm Paul Fleck. I think we need to start with news. I think we okay. need to start with news. Um, I mean, you threw me off completely, but I like it. I'm yeah, awake it now. just makes. Hey, this whole week in terms of video game news has thrown me off completely. Um, yeah. 
like the elephant in the room here. Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Yeah, like, holy. I bet at this point, everyone remembers where they were when they learned that news. Paul, where were you? Uh, I was definitely sleeping. Probably. When you learned the news, you were asleep. No, I woke up and like read it on like as I was getting ready for work, probably. You know how like you sometimes just wake up, lay in bed for a moment and like scroll through your phone and check emails or whatever and Twitter. It's that's oh, yeah. probably how I did. That's exactly how I did it, because a, a friend had like DM'd me on Twitter, one of the headlines, and I was just like, oh, I got to get up early. Uh, today's going to be a busy day at work. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, I could not believe it. Like I, I still almost can't believe it. What, what, what are your kind of initial thoughts? What kind of um, ran through your head? So the initial thought was I, okay. First of all, I was surprised that, um, Activision would sell. I'm not, I wasn't surprised that like Microsoft, was necessarily buying them as like the company that is buying them or whatever that at least bid for it. I was surprised that Activision was for sale at all. And um, the next thought was, oh, does that mean like Kodak is gone then? <laughs> like that I mean, was the next thought. I will just real briefly. John did text me back. He had something important show, show up. So okay. he is alive but I don't know if he's going to show up or not. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think my head initially went to Kodak with all of the like past few months of, of shit going down. Yeah, like yeah. that. that's kind of like the big question. And that's where a lot of the headlines have also been going as well, is what does this mean for Bobby Kodak? What does this mean for all of the allegations, the litigation that's been going on for months and months? But no, I think you're also right when you think about like it being for sale because Activision blizzard is massive absolutely i mean activision bought blizzard like they're huge (laughs) they bought king as well king's also part of that yeah like it's technically activision blizzard king um we should say if people haven't heard the number 68.7 billion dollars uh yeah which is ridiculous and it also is the uh biggest acquisition in video game history this is the most money spent on purchasing a company in the video games industry of all time, which is also kind of nuts to think about. Worth mentioning a week before we didn't talk about this, obviously, last week because we did the game of the year episode. Uh, take two buying Zynga for 12 billion. That was the record holder at the time. Microsoft yeah. comes in and like what quintuples that. <laughs> I mean, when you're buying Activision Blizzard King, yeah, you probably have to. <laughs> You probably have to give that much. That makes so, sense. So, so much. Have you been following kind of all the stuff coming out from this? Oh, fuck no. I don't care until the papers are signed and we have actual well, news. I mean, that's not going to happen for a year. So that's part of one thing. Yeah. This doesn't close until fiscal year second of quarter two of 2023, yeah. which puts us around June. So yeah. it's about a year and a half uh, to go. Uh, so a lot of stuff can happen there. Um, the big thing, again, Bobby Kodak is staying on as CEO of Activision Blizzard. It has come out since that when the deal closes, he will be making an exit at that point. Yeah. 
which they I also guess can't say anything until it's done. Like they can't give details about like about any of that stuff. So we don't know what's going to happen with. It. I mean, Bobby's going to get paid out, and he's going to still be rich, and nothing's going to come of what he's done. So right, like, which I think it 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 kind of sounds like as as the months went on. Obviously, this would have been in talks for a lot longer than the litigation stuff was happening. For sure. Um, yeah. However, some of some of the articles I was coming across is it sounded like the bulk of these conversations actually happened in a much smaller time period near the end of the year than these things typically happen. It had sounded like Activision and Xbox had talked before about this, yeah. but just in like, you know, passing terms. And it's worth remembering, like all these companies are constantly talking to everyone about this kind of stuff, like at all times. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like as as all the litigation stuff went on, as, as all the accusations and whatnot, and the stock price was dropping, Xbox saw an opportunity to like really kind of like get in there fast and hard with an offer, and 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 it and it came down to and the 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 phrase I was seeing kind of thrown around is Phil Spencer basically spent his whole like kind of like Christmas holiday break time putting this deal together and, and, and ironing it out. So it was actually kind of relatively short in terms of, of what we're used to when we see this, but it does sound like Bobby Kodak will get a extremely gold parachute when June oh, 2023 sure. comes around. Um, yep. And, and Phil kind of said, Hey, we have or Xbox in general basically said, Hey, we have a way for you to kind of bow out gracefully. Yeah. Here, here's a way you can do that. Um, I'm just opening up all of like my bit of news thing to run through here. Uh, Activision Blizzard reportedly was considering buying a few gaming media outlets to try and change their public opinion. This is also crazy to me. Two of the outlets that were thrown around Kotaku and PC Gamer. Can you just imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine that scenario? How, like, how would that even work? I'm sure that has like not to the extent this is that we're talking about. I'm definitely sure that a lot of places have been bought off to do that. I'm 100 people are crooked. That's not surprising. Only Blizzard would have the gall to actually try to buy the companies out though fully. <laughs> like I, I can't even imagine a situation where we hear the announcement Activision Blizzard has bought Kotaku and then yeah. over the course of, I don't know, a year, because <laughs> you're not going to get a headline the next day being like everything that was accused of body Kodak was a lie. You're not like you're not going to yeah. get that. They'd have to, like, try to slowly steer the ship and hope nobody's noticing that they're actually about New to do a U-turn. come out that actually Bobby Kodak is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, turns out this one person lied, and then next week, turns out these other two people lied. Like, yeah, how, what? Like that—that's insane. Nobody would be like, "Oh yeah, okay, that seems that seems like it's all in the up and up." They obviously know what they're doing. Like that, I don't, I can't imagine that working. What an insane thing to even consider. Crazy, yeah, absolutely insane. Like, could you imagine just being in that room, being like, "What if we bought PC Gamer, and we tried to get them to say nice things about us?" like what and the sad thing is i bet it like failed by a like slim margin 
I bet it was like 40% for, 60% against or something I can't stupid. imagine. I want to I want to assume that there are smart people at the tops of of Activision Blizzard or they wouldn't have gotten there somehow where they would have known this is a bad idea. There is no way. But I mean, who knows, right? It's such a bad idea. Um we also came we also came to light Activision Blizzard apparently looked to uh Facebook as a as yeah. a possible purchaser of Kodak themselves. is obsessed with a metaverse. He won't shut the fuck up about it at all times, so that makes sense. Uh, we also heard that EA was a, reportedly in the mix. That also makes sense, like some sort of sense, but yeah, that that one kind of makes there. sense to me. I could I could kind of see that. Uh, yeah. I would have been less surprised. Totally. Uh, Jeff Keighley came out here. I, you know, I, I didn't like check his math or whatever, but he kind of just did a list of like here's what a bunch of these other uh, companies would cost. And this is like their market caps. So it's, it's worth saying it's like, this is not exactly how much the company would sell for. Cause Activision Blizzard sold for more than its market cap. Activision Blizzard, they, they basically sold in cash each of their shares. And I think the shares were like $45 or something like that. I don't have the exact number in front of me. Um, but on top of that, Xbox paid 40% higher than that. So going off the street from Keeley, he basically said this is what each of their shares would, would net the company. So EA, 38 billion. That's the highest one right there. Then it drops to take two being 18, uh, Bandai okay. Namco 15, uh, the Embracer group, which is just growing at all, at all times, yeah. 10.8. Ubisoft is 7 billion. Konami 6, Square Enix 5.6, Capcom 4.9, Sega 3.6 kind of puts it in perspective microsoft yeah. could buy any of these guys totally for well, what they just if they're did. for sale yeah money wise for sure they have they're able to by like a significant margin they, yes. they they could have just purchased it i mean you have to remember microsoft is an absolute huge juggernaut of a company with a ton of money um i mean yeah they're the biggest tech company like or at least were at one point in the fucking world <laughs> well what's also interesting is even though Microsoft just purchased this and I'm going to try and get my facts right. There's an extremely good infographic that someone made, made on Twitter here. Uh, I'm going to throw it in our chat so you can look at it at the same time. Oh, okay. Let me, someone kind of just me. put this together saying like, Hey, look, this is all the companies and how much, uh, the oh. people like another employees and whatnot. Uh, Xbox first party studios now owns. Okay. Um, if you looked at, uh, like the Bethesda chunk, that's 2,300 employees. If you looked at before that, like the the rest of that, which includes like Obsidian, Double Fine, yada, yada, that was about 2,500 people. So you're looking at a little less than 5,000. Activision Blizzard alone, 10,000 employees. Yeah, easy over double. So in terms of Xbox Game Studios, mm -hmm. they just tripled in size. Even with that, yeah. and with the revenue of all of these companies now to combined, they're still only number three when it comes to gaming companies above that in number two is Sony. And in number one is Tencent. Yeah. Kind of, kind of crazy. Cause a lot of, a lot of people, you know, the, one of the first things you're thinking of is like, how does Sony respond? How does Sony deal with this? And it's almost like Sony doesn't care at all. Sony makes so much money off the PlayStation division. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just think about that. My, Xbox just bought 
10,000 more employees and they're still only third. That's crazy to think. That's that's <laughs> massive. Yeah, um, that is crazy. And then you also have to think about like when you come to the hardware sales, like doesn't PlayStation outsell Xbox like seven to one? Uh, probably that sounds probably right. But I mean, the reason why I'm starting to dislike Sony and like Xbox more is because Xbox is not forcing me to buy one. They're giving me like they're serving a part of the audience that no console makers gave a fuck about before, really. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is Xbox's competition to win at this point. So they they have to be kind of making these moves, whereas Sony is just sitting there being like, look, we're not making any of these moves. We're outselling you seven to one. And we're the number two like revenue company when it comes to video games. Right. Xbox making these moves is better for them in the long run, hopefully, though, because they're not going to lose as much money on hardware and they're going to just I mean, they're making the moves for future wins for sure. So that's one of the big questions is like. There's there's been a few there's been a few reports both from like I've seen like the Wall Street Journal, I've seen interviews with, with Phil Spencer about what does this mean for exclusives? comes like you know what does this mean for overwatch what does this mean for devil what does this mean for call of duty that's kind of the big one right oh for sure yeah for activision stuff yeah exactly so you know phil spencer come out and said hey we're gonna put quote as many of these titles as we can on game pass whatever that means i'm assuming whatever licensing deals each of the games have yeah but they've also said they're not it's not about stopping exclusives from being on sony and what i'm assuming that will mean is it'll be a similar thing to bethesda of like anything that we have made a commitment to be multi-platform is obviously going to remain multi-platform you look at psychonauts 2 you look at the outer worlds they they came out on playstation right it was they were announced for playstation before they got purchased so i see i see next year's call of duty being a multi-platform for sure maybe even the following one maybe what about the one after that? You know, like how long until Call of Duty or or is Call of Duty so massive that it will be everywhere forever? Because think of Minecraft. Xbox about Minecraft. X- Minecraft is on everything. Microsoft mm-hmm. has never once said we're going to make that exclusive to our platforms. And I think Call of Duty f- is a similar size there is I think I could see Call of Duty being so massive that they want to have people still on PlayStation playing that game. Yeah. I would think so. What do you think about Blizzard's titles, though? Uh, I think the ones that are getting attention will still, and I think some of the other ones that are dead will just completely stay dead at this point. Like, there's no hope. Like, Heroes of the Storm, I don't think is ever coming back. Ever. That's done. Uh, obviously, they're going to probably continue with Overwatch, Diablo 4, the stuff that makes some money. Maybe, like, an overhaul of some sort with WoW would be something that they do because they would have to. It would be a good chance... For them to do the Final Fantasy 14 thing and start serving WoW to console gamers as well as PC. I see a move where it's like if you have Game Pass, you have a free subscription to WoW. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, just simple integrations, I think, is like the key thing. I don't think 
they get rid of Battle.net because there's an infrastructure there. I think they just kind of add on to it. If you have Game Pass, you get, like you said, a subscription, maybe even like little loot things when they come up, like pets and shit like that. I mean, they, they already have their Game Pass Ultimate perks. Yeah. Which, for the most part, have been kind of trash in the yeah. same way that like Twitch Prime's perks are have been often trash. But it's still an avenue that they have like they they have a, a something already built in there of we will give you little gun trinkets for yeah. MMOs that you don't play on yeah. a monthly basis. If you would like if you're way into Paladins, this is mm. this is your shit. Yeah, and yeah. I am uh, more maybe more importantly, like maybe they can start if they own the Starcraft IP. Maybe they actually put out StarCraft Ghosts in 2025 or like something like they have companies that can actually do a third person or first person shooter in those universes. Like, I I mean, I'd be surprised if it was Ghosts, but let's say let's say a StarCraft title. Do you think that's what I meant? (laughs) Do you think there's any Blizzard IP large enough on that you. That you would be you would think it would be odd if it it be if it became ex- exclusive like whereas i'm saying i think call of duty is oh, too exclusive? big to be exclusive do you think there's any blizzard ip that fulfills that same thing or do you think doesn't matter anything blizzard titled is small enough that if it went exclusive i could i could understand that so it's hard to say because when you say small it's because you're not pc gaming blizzard's the bit like has the biggest pc games in the world still i mean you so, say that from like who's talking positively about blizzard in the last like three years it doesn't matter people are still playing those games it doesn't matter who's talking about them in the press people are still logging it for some reason people are still logging into wow and it hasn't been good for over five years right but those numbers are still are definitely dwindling they are not they're not in the power position that they have been sure so that's what i'm saying is like i I don't think that they have a strong enough IP at the moment that would mean it has to go on a Sony platform. Like this thing, Diablo five. Would you be surprised if Diablo five did not come to PlayStation? I mean, I would, I would be a little bit surprised. Diablo. I don't know. It's hard to say because Diablo three did really well on console in general and on PlayStation. So I don't know if they make that exclusive. Okay. Because to me, I I see see it as not being big enough. It could be. I mean, we're just speculating. I mean, this whole conversation is speculative, and that's that's the fun in it. I mean, this could all not be like a thing that even happens in a month. We d- that's the thing is until it goes through, we kind of don't know what's going to happen at all. I mean, the purchase is going to happen. Are you saying there's there's a part of you that thinks that they might not purchase Activision Blizzard in the long run? You never know. It's not finalized. Like it could not happen, but. If they're talking about it now, it's likely to happen. But shit always happens or goes wrong. Maybe they just shut down Blizzard and take the IPs. Like, they're just like, you know what? This is Xbox or Activision. Activision stuff now belongs to Microsoft. Get fucked, everybody in this wing. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen that. I mean, I wouldn't count on that based on their track no. record. They seem to be doing well. And, and you know, some of some of the more stuff that I pulled here, Phil Spencer's speaking about kind of the old IPs that we haven't been seeing much. If you think about Activision, Activision puts out one game a year at this point. 
and it's Call of Duty. Yeah, no, I made a tweet about this. The thing that's exciting about this isn't about Codec or any of that stuff to me. It's the fact that, like, Raven Software might be given a chance to do something again. Fucking Sledgehammer, like, maybe they get some Dead Space thing. Toys for Bob can release shit again. Like, all these fucking companies have been doing QA for Call of Duty. So maybe they can actually, like, do a thing now. If Because I know Phil Spencer likes having the ability to release just like different stuff because i like legitimately believe that he really enjoys just the industry and gaming as a thing i don't think he wants just like a bunch of studios working on call of duty right and i'm i feel like that's kind of like the what what the real win here might possibly be is if you look at activision's track record over the last few years they've taken a lot of their studios that were making games good or bad regardless and said hey you know what what if you made more maps for Call of Duty? You yeah. see that with Toys for Bob. You see that we see all it with Vicarious Visions with Tony Hawk. And that crushed yeah. us. We were all so sad when that happened. Um, yeah. Uh, but Phil Spencer has come out a few times and said, look, there's a lot of IPs that we want to like foster and grow. Um, and he specifically points out like he wants to support the new teams to work on franchises he loved as a kid. And he dropped like three titles that kind of perked my okay. ears up king's quest guitar hero and hexen hexen like, holy shit it's like <laughs> hell yeah you got you're making a new guitar hero hell yeah hexen fuck guitar hero I, I would love a new guitar <laughs> hero i mean that's kind of the one of the pie in the sky things is is there yeah is there an activision property where you're like i would love for them to bring this back man so the thing is, is I really want Singularity too. That's like just, I wouldn't mind if they did something cool with Skylanders that didn't involve toys, but I don't know that that avenue well, is ever coming back. I feel like if you're back. not going to involve toys, don't call it Skylanders. Call it a Spyro call it Spyro game. something. Yeah. Yeah. Spyro shitty friends. <laughs> Those Spyro games are good. I'll take a new Spyro. Like I would play through the Reignited trilogy. That's a fantastic product. Uh... What's the chances, because they own Radical Entertainment, that a prototype third game ever comes out? I don't think so. I think the this fact that we got a second one was amazing. already surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, a Guitar Hero would be very cool. I don't understand. I don't think you could do it, though. I really would be shocked. It would um, be, yeah. yeah. I think I think Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 is greenlit, like from day one when they have the chance to do that. It seems like a no-brainer almost. It's, yeah, yeah, it seems, seems like a easy. slam dunk. Seems easy. That, yep. um, another crash. Oh, another yeah, Spyro. Those seem like complete slam dunks for sure. Sure. Also, yeah. they own Geometry Wars again. Bringing it home. Oh, nice. So as far All as right. I'm concerned, Xbox just spent $68 billion to reacquire Geometry Wars. And I think that's the real win here that not enough people are paying attention to. Nobody Give me the real geometry uh, wars. The real three. news. That's, yeah. Um, other stuff to think about, like, so Microsoft's been putting their games, their PC games back on Steam. So are we going to get Blizzard games on Steam now? Um, You know, if they got rid of the Battle.net launcher, I'd be totally fine with that. I fucking hate that thing. So that's that's something. Is, you do, you, do you think they would get rid of Battle.net? I don't think they would. But I think they could. 
<laughs> and I would be okay with it. Well, they already have their launcher and they're putting stuff on Steam. Yeah. No, I think they do kind of what they do with like Ubisoft and uh, an EA player, whatever. I think you could like click on it and it opens up Battle.net and installs it or whatever. Checks to see. If oh, you, you mean uh, Origin. EA Origin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because plays the subscription service. I mean, this bolsters Game Pass by an insane margin, right? Theoretically, like, yeah. I mean, Game I, Pass is getting better and better all the fucking time. It's all crazy. The time. This last week alone, holy smokes, we were some were lucky some boys stuff. and girls. Yeah. Um, but, if, but if we're getting a bunch of these titles are going to be getting put into Game Pass, like, I've said this before, I'll, I almost say it every week, if I did not have access to Game Pass, I would feel like I am significantly missing out when it comes to uh, I mean, if I didn't, if Game Pass didn't exist, I would just be spending a stupid amount of money like I used to on games. I basically don't buy games anymore. I would be spending a lot more money. And as such, I would have to not be playing a lot of these games. And, and yeah. I would just I would be missing out for sure. And in some so, regards, it might be like better to have that barrier because it feels like I'm sw- like drowning in them sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, it's a yeah. good problem to have. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. What do we think this means for like Sony's Spartacus rumored Game Pass competitor? Because theoretically, Microsoft just took an, a, a huge publisher off the board that will not show up in Spartacus. Yeah. I I mean, I don't have any real hope for Spartacus because don't think it's going to be anything that I care about as not having a PS5. I don't think they're going to give me any good things on PC. Like I think I'm, I'm going to be kind of, or like I'm going to have to pay like double the price as the base for it or something. Cause Sony hates me cause I won't buy their fucking box. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I, so I think Sony, I mean, it was just all rumors, but it didn't, it did not sound like Sony first party titles were going to be going into Spartacus, similar to how Microsoft's first party that's, studio titles. That's instantly a fail in comparison, which instantly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, Sony spends hundreds of millions of dollars to make triple a, you know, narrative single player titles and stuff. So they, I guess they really want to make the money back on that. And I love those games, right? Spider-Man's fantastic. I loved God of War. I love Last of Us. Those are they're fantastic games. But if you take those out of the proposition to, for whatever Spartacus is, and it now comes down to third-party titles, which now don't include Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard titles, you're, the pool of games to pick from is getting a lot smaller and let's say, I, you know, I'm not saying things that are in Game Pass are going to be exclusive to Game Pass. There are plenty of titles that show up on all on like all three platforms. And then on Xbox, they just happen to be, you know, quote unquote free as part of Game Pass. So I right. could see some overlap. But in that case, it's like, well, what's my incentive to play the PlayStation one when I already have I'm already subscribed on the Xbox one? I mean, it's literally that you don't have a pc or an xbox That's yeah your only it's just incentive. it's it, so so the only person left is oh hey i'm a sony only player or a sony nintendo only player which there are plenty of in fact i think There's our listener base are primarily nintendo with a playstation <laughs> yeah. so like 
that Probably. those people definitely exist. But definitely the Nintendo part. That's for, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. either way, even if there's some overlap, it's not going to be entire overlap. There's going to be exclusives. We've seen it. It like we know, you know, with Bethesda, Starfield is going to be exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. You're you're missing out on so much that it like when you're making that choice, I'm curious if the decision of which console you're buying is getting harder or not, or are people are people still going to be going Sony? Is it still going to be this like seven to one or someone said in the chat, it was actually maybe like two and a half to one or whatever. I'm curious if that needle will shift come, I don't know, 2024 when we've seen six months of what they're going to do with Activision. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, the the long game, and I'm sure this is what Xbox wants. Do you Mm -hmm. see at the, and I'm sure the, before this happened, you would have said no. But now that they've made this purchase, what's the likelihood of an Xbox Game Pass icon showing up on a PS5? Showing uh, up on Switch. I mean, Switch makes, yeah, I could, I'm a little bit surprised there's not like a weird Game Pass for Switch yet. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even saying like a, a Game Pass. I'm talking Xbox Game Pass. And we had rumors well, I just mean switch. a game pass for a switch specifically because not every game on game pass will even run on the switch. Right. So they'd probably have to cater it. Can you see it on Sony though? Can no. you see Sony caving and saying we need to get these games back on our console one way or the other? No, because I think Sony are kind of dickheads. Like I kind of just don't, re- they just don't, they have good games and good IPs, but I think, the people that make the business decisions for Sony are out of touch and shitty with consumers. That's I think why they have shown to be a bit shitty with consumers for sure. We, you know, the crossplay yeah. is the big example of that. I, I do feel like while I'm still saying, I don't think there's a chance that Sony would like budge and like, you know, lower their armor and show their soft underbelly and say, yes, we, we need to have these people still playing with a, with a PlayStation controller. So as long as they're playing on PlayStation, you can put your streaming service on here. It, but the needle has moved a little bit after buying Activision. Like, Oh yeah, it absolutely has. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting to see the ramifications of this down the road. I'm, I'm so curious, like, again, like, we do predictions every year. I would never have made this a prediction. Yeah, I this would, was I, like a Hail Mary that <laughs> I don't know how you would even start to come across that idea. <laughs> like, because again, I, mean, I didn't know Activision was even going to sell. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, even if like pie in the sky, if you're thinking of, well, what companies can you see being bought? Konami, I could see being bought any day of the week. A little surprised it hasn't been. To be frank, Sega, I could see Xbox buying Sega tomorrow because they want a foothold in Japan. You know what I mean? Like, that just makes sense to me. Activision never would have put Activision on that table as a possibility. Yeah, me neither. I'm I'm so I'm so curious. Like, this is in it's weird. It's so crazy. This is one of the craziest news stories that has ever happened in the games industry. As far as I'm concerned, think of X. Think of E3. Xbox can have its own E3 now. They, they don't need anyone else there. They have so much for exciting games. Shit. Like they could make, they could like they're they could, if they have an Xbox event, which they do, that's going to just be like exciting for everyone. Everyone can enjoy something here. 
Um, and then, yeah, you know, let's go back to Kodak for a bit. Uh, we're talking about it in the, in the chat. Um, the harassment, the workers. That's now yeah. Xbox's responsibility, or it will be in uh, 2023. Yeah. Do you see anything happening before the 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 deal goes through? No. You think it just kind of stays as is? I mean, I hope they make some concessions to get people back to work. Isn't there still strikes going on? Like uh, Raven Software still having strikes based on like the QA department that happened yeah. somewhat recently. Um, yeah. And then I know there's a whole like kind of union fund going on of them trying to build it, which uh, I feel like I feel I mean, I haven't I haven't heard firsthand, but I haven't heard much of like Microsoft being a bad place to work. And Phil Spencer is coming out and he, you know, he in his announcement of this buyout, he didn't initially like or like directly mention all the litigation. But there was a couple lines of like, you know, we're going to bring we're going to bring them in and we're going to hold everyone like accountable to our standards. Everyone deserves yeah. respect, yada, yada, yada. So he kind of danced around it similarly to how Jeff Keighley danced around it at the Game Awards. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he legally can say what's going to happen. Oh, with no, that for sure. Yet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, it makes sense. He would dance around it. Absolutely. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, Phil seems like a good guy. I haven't seen like any kind of like dark side come from any of these acquisitions yet. So I want to believe that come June 2023, he's going to fix a lot of that stuff. Um, it sucks to think that it yeah. might even t- it might take that long. It might even take longer. Uh, like I don't know. I think I hope. I hope he has a list of names that like have already been vetted to like get severance packages because he doesn't want that bullshit in upper management anymore. But there's still going to be weeding out. They're going to have to do and like best case scenario. I just kind of hope that it isn't. We bought it. Kodak is out, and there's still like some weird rapists in like HR or something. Like I hope they actually go through that company, but I don't know that they will. Cause right. I mean, unfortunately like we're yeah. talking about 10,000 employees. Exactly. It, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a, a bunch that slip through. For right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Let's, um, I, what I'm hoping think, is that the employees at Activision Blizzard are looking at this as like a win for themselves. I would hope. Well, I think just, if there's enough of a change in the uh, work culture, that stuff will weed itself out eventually because stuff will actually come up. It won't be hidden un- into this weird boys club under the rug sort of shit anymore, and it will be dealt with. So I think as long I haven't heard anything either, obviously, as long as there is a positive work culture thing with Xbox and Microsoft, that stuff will work out eventually. I just the it's been brought up in the chat a few times here. I'm a little bit worried what this is going to do with the talks about unionization and how like is this just going to be dropped now because that's the like the new news cycle thing is the buyout and the money and all that stuff. And then there's a bunch of people that are like we almost had like a really secure environment to work in and now it's gone because Xbox decided to like by our shitty company that we work for. I hope that there's still like that stuff still gets addressed in the way it deserves to be. 
and I hope it's not just kind of like, oh, this is going to fix all the problems and then like nothing changes. That would be the worst case scenario. I mean, there there's going to definitely be changes. There has to be. And I feel like at there this point you be. can only go up. Um, yeah. People have been like falling out of Activision Blizzard over the past two months <laughs> by the yeah. dozens, it sounds like. So it sounds like some people are are out so far. And But the big thing is just the board of directors have been behind Bobby Kodak and keeping him around. And, and yeah. that was kind of the thing that was drawing all the attention. Yeah. Things obviously wouldn't change overnight. Uh, no. I, you know, I'm pro building these unions because yeah. we see time and time again people getting taken advantage of where the union could protect them. I would hope that maybe Xbox and Microsoft's, you know, kind of ecosystem would, you know, for back, for lack of better words, make it so that they don't need that union because they're going to fix a lot of these problems. Not to say that I don't think the union should happen, yeah. but I just hope that yeah. they're going to alleviate a lot of the pain that it was what generated the the want of the union. Sure. When you heard this news, were you like, this is exciting. This for me, like it, what, what do you, what do you look forward to with this? Or, or are you against it? Kind of what are, what are your personal thoughts? Yeah, no, of- I'm definitely, I'm definitely not against it. I thought it was interesting, but until like stuff is really solidified, I kind of don't care. For me, like if I'm thinking of like, actual tangible things that i'm looking forward to doing i'm gonna play through a bunch of call of duty campaigns because i would never buy those games okay so we're talking about like eight to ten years down the road when everything's gone through and like things are kind of steady i, I don't think it's gonna take eight scenario? to ten years for call of duty to show up on game pass but let's say no, it's 2025 specifically let's talk about <laughs> I mean, 2025 the deal went through the yeah. infrastructure is there for whatever they're going to do and we can just worry about the games now. i'm talking yeah paul fleck how is this going to affect yeah. you? Positive, negative? What are you looking forward to? What are you thinking? It isn't going to at all because I bought any game from Activision that I wanted to play, which has been. Very, so you'll say very you're looking few. forward to saving money on a bunch of games that you would have bought anyway. You're looking forward to them being on Game Pass. So I want Game Pass to just this is this isn't actually true because monopolies are terrible. I kind of hope just Game Pass has every game on it at some point and I can just give somebody it like, I don't know, raise it to 20 bucks a month. I don't care if I have every game in the world on there <laughs> that I have access to. I'm I'm good. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Gaming has been solved. We solved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. well, I mean, if we're talking like broader scope in terms of the subscription service, you're almost seeing this happening where so many where it's it's following the exact thing that TV happened. TV had cable. Yeah. Yep. Then Netflix came and it was the one thing and it was like, wow. Everyone needs to have Netflix. And, yeah. and at the moment, it seems like everyone kind of does have Netflix. They kind of all budget out a few streaming services, but everyone kind of has Netflix as like a default. Um, yeah. But then so many other ones launched theirs where you're almost looking at it like it's almost like cable again. I'm subscribing to like eight different TV things. I feel like yeah. that's what's going to happen. We're looking at Game Pass. It's already we kind have, of starting to feel that way. A we have EA Play. We have Ubisoft's one. You yeah. know, you can subscribe to Twitch to get free games. You can subscribe to, you know, there's a Spartacus is happening. There's Nintendo's one that's free games. You know, we're getting a, so many of those. Yeah. So it's almost starting to come that way. I feel like it's not quite there because Game Pass is such a juggernaut in that space. You can kind of get away yeah. with not subscribing to any of the other ones and still feel good about Game Pass. Yeah. Um. Either way, though, like... I'm looking forward to getting to play Crash 4 without having to pay for it. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, Crash 4 is great, and it would have been better if I didn't pay, like, 60 bucks for it or whatever. Yeah, there's a, like, again, again, with Call of Duty, it's like, I don't have enough interest in those games to buy them, but, like, if it's on Game Pass, sure, I'll play through the, like, six-hour campaign and see the fun Michael Bay movie. They're fun. Yeah. I usually check out those campaigns. Vanguard's the first one I haven't, actually, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's some ridiculous stuff. Uh Yeah just wow just absolute wow um we're, i can't wait to just see like the new stories that continue from this like what else is going to happen what this leads to what like e3 is going to be so exciting come tw- i guess 2025 will be the first time xbox has everything and they can announce like some new stuff from their new division yeah oh it's also interesting to think that like xbox might just get like r- there might be game pass for mobile as also we have king there now so like they ha- they can start dipping their feet into actual like mobile xbox uh branded things that was games. kind of one of the things with king they definitely want to leverage king to be a, a bigger mobile threat and then they did throw around the word metaverse there briefly which okay they need I to feel like the, I, the world needs to stop the industry I, needs to stop with metaverse. well well here's the thing is when it comes to metaverse when it comes to nft stuff they're making so much headlines. They're making so much like initial money off suckers that investors yeah. are now going to all of these companies and saying, so what's your strategy for NFTs? And now these developers need to have an answer. So I feel yeah. like the brief mention of metaverse was just to get investors to be like, okay, cool. They said the thing. Great. I'm glad to hear you guys are working on something metaverse. Who knows if that, what that would be in any capacity, but yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've been hearing time and time again, developers do not care about NFTs but investors do because they're just these, you know, well, cause pyramids, pyramids NFTs and NFTs and games is bad because you build around making money rather than having fun and games are meant to be fun. And I mean, and that's the other thing is I'm also hearing like a lot like, um, Patrick clipping at waypoint just put out an article where he actually sat down and spoke to some of the people who bought the Breakpoint NFTs over at Ubisoft, <laughs> like who these people are, why they did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's I a pretty interesting a read. Thing. Yep. If it's a pretty interesting read, definitely worth checking out. And one of the things you kind of mentioned is he gets like on the daily, like an NFT pitch in his PR. And yeah. it takes him like six clicks through the email links to even figure out what the game is. And he's yeah. talked to people on the PR side who he has a bit more of a relationship with. And it sounds like it is easier to get to turn NFT people into gamers than it is to get gamers into NFTs. Totally. So what 100%. they're so what they're doing is they're collecting all of these suckers to get in on the NFT thing. And then later on being like, oh, and by the way, it's, you know, there's a card game here. You could play it if you want. But I mean, you you just bought some cards. You want to play a card game? They don't care about that part too much. But because once they've made a bit of money, then they just move over to the next one. Yeah. So they don't even have to even build the game, really. They just need to sell some NFTs. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. That's why it's important for people to actually be vocal about it. Because if that should just if NFTs stop actually making money, like or like at least the very least, if people that actually play games are vocal enough that things lose money because they have NFTs in it, they'll get they'll come out of games and they'll stick to JPEGs and music files and whatever else. So but if people well, I think stop complaining, man. We're dead. I, th- I think people. No I think good. they just need. They just need to be quiet about it. But the problem is, you can't just say people who play games because it's not people who play games. It's people who like NFTs and get rich quick schemes. They're the ones doing this. 
Yeah. Because like I said, it's easier to get NFT people to then maybe play a game or not. It doesn't matter than it is to get gamers to care about NFTs. Um, all right, let's just do these last few news stories. They're pretty short and then we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Cuphead trailer came out for the Netflix cartoon. Did you watch this? No. Looks great. I'm just going to say that. I think it looks really good. I think it's got some good music bits in it. Uh, I'm definitely going to play this. It makes you want to go play Cuphead again. And I think that's probably like the best thing you could. The best, uh, you know. Yeah, good advertisement for your so, game. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Steam database updated. You can log in and now you can basically see a list of which games are going to be playable on the Steam deck. So you can kind of look at. Uh, I heard your, it's a surprising giant list of things. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised. I am continuously seeing more and more developers getting um dev kits and just saying, "Hey, we did nothing and my game's running great." Yeah. I didn't I didn't lift a finger and it is running great, so I am not surprised. A uh, bit of an older news story, but you know, we did game of the year last week. Um the new Kirby has a release date, March 25th. A, a new trailer came out. This game looks so good. Holy smokes, this game looks so good. I cannot remember the last time I looked forward to a Kirby game. Yeah, maybe Epic Yarn before, like, because I thought it looked cute. I guess, yeah. Maybe. I mean, typically when it comes to a Kirby game, it's like, oh, I hear it's good. Okay, yeah, if I get a hold of a, a copy, I'll, I'll play some Kirby. But it's never like I am anticipating a Kirby release. I am anticipating yeah. Forgotten Land. Sure, yeah. And uh, last bit of news story here is that Sony uh, it has announced that it will continue to produce PS4s through 2022, adding about a million more units. Um, and it seems like mostly because they can't sell enough PS5s, but they can sell plenty of PS4s. Or they, they probably they have them. stock of PS4s yeah, is why. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're going to make more. They're going to produce more, and it's probably just easier for them to do that at the moment than PS5s. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of came on some other news that the Xbox one has officially stopped production. Uh, oh, entirely. OK. I, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. All right. At this point, why don't we talk about what games you've been playing? OK, what I've been playing? Yeah, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, so I can we can talk about Rainbow Six Extraction officially now. So that's good. Let's talk about that because you played it. Two. Played a little bit today. I played about four matches or so. Okay. Matches, so like, quote unquote, levels. Did you completely finish them? Like all three objectives or did you uh, die or leave early? I got a mix of both. So yeah. let's see the first time we didn't die the first time, but I think we like at barely got part. Of, so so for those who don't know, Rainbow Extraction is a siege like mixed with a left for dead. I do want to say, though, to its credit, this is probably like the least Left 4 Dead feeling Left 4 Dead style game I've played. For people uh, that know GTFO, it is literally that game. OK, I don't. Sure, uh, it is, though. It's that's, say that it's the same gameplay style. It's kind of a objective based stealth thing that like you don't want to alert the horde ever. Where in Left 4 Dead at some points you're going to. But if you do in the if you alert them in this, uh it's usually a really long drawn out hard fight or you're dead. It's real hard. And that's kind yeah. of one of the other big things I'm playing on, like the lowest of low difficulties. And yeah. we're still like just getting destroyed for the most part. Like you do. You really do not want to alert people. You want to be sneaking around, taking out the nests so that they're not constantly 
spawning on you and whatnot. I will say yeah. we're not like using the like little wheelie drone guy to like find stuff. Did you yeah. use much of that? No, the I you surprisingly don't use a lot of the things Siege is known for. I would say maybe high level does, but I haven't been in a match where people were like. So there are point there are objectives where you're gonna have to hold out. Nobody ever reinforces the area. Nobody ever drones yeah. to see stuff. Um, at most, you pick an operator where you know you basically always like want a recon operator, yeah. and maybe like yep. a support operator of some sort. Yeah. And that's like, so, and then otherwise it doesn't matter. If you're familiar with any of like the siege characters, you can pick like the dude who has the hammer so that you can like break down walls, which se- just seems bad to me because that would just alert people over to your situation when you're trying to yeah. be like real quiet. And it's also not really hard to get to a lot of areas like I haven't come. Maybe it's because I'm playing on the easiest difficulty. But anytime I see it's like, OK, I think we need to go there. There's usually a door or I can just go around yeah. it. I'm assuming maybe on the harder difficulties, it's like, oh, we made it real hard. But if you brought this guy, you could just get in and get out if you wanted to. Um, in uh, you, situations that it helps with is when you have to like extract somebody and things have gone to shit. You can just like bust open walls to get like to the extraction point quick. Okay. And yeah. Just, like, run uh, through. You do have the option of playing loud, which we have. I have yet to like just try playing like a loud one. I've we have always like as soon as we started, start crouching. We're going around. It, it's not um, meant for that, really. It's way too difficult. There are points oh, saying, where you have to do loud stuff, but like it's yeah. Really I mean, at some point, stealth. if if you like alert people and they're running at you, it's like okay, I need to bring out the shotgun because they already yeah. know where I am. So yeah, I just need the firepower. Um, yep. but in terms of like siege, like I'm not like peeking around corners and like tilting. I don't even know if you can tilt in this one. Um, it is very not siege play style like at all. It's really just all in the uh, the kind of base engine stuff that's there. Right. It is. But it is. It is it's like a mix between like a Left for Dead and Siege because Left for Dead, like I don't care who hears me. Like I got plenty of firepower and I'm going to bandage myself up. It doesn't matter at all. But this one, it's like, no, you need you need to be taking care of yourself. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like the level structure. There's like three chunks you can do. And at any point you can decide I'm out. I'm just going to cash in the experience I've collected or you can kind of like, you know, risk reward. Hey, let's do another section of it and try and get the next objective, yada, yada. So going back to your initial question, I did a couple where we we like bounced when we were in number two. You lost a character in one of them, which that's probably one of the like craziest game decisions is you're playing as these hero units, right? These named characters, and then you can lose them and you have to extract them by going back into that stage, finding the body because the body becomes an objective and escaping with it, which I think that is is really cool because you would not see that in many games. It's cool, but I hate it. I don't like it because I don't like being locked out of a like if you lose pulse, like congratulations, everything is 10 times harder now just because you don't have access to that character. I guess you get your buddy to play him instead, but like which one's pulse? He's the one that has the heartbeat sensor that you can like ping. So it's kind of neat because the things that do recon in this game aren't just for you. It's for your whole team. So when you're like painting the heartbeats and you can like see them through the walls, the team members can also see that as well. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really cool decision so that the re- they make good decisions so that you can play with randos and not have to do call outs all the time and hope sure. that they're listening to you. Yeah, uh, I like Vigil. His ability is like 
going you can invisible. be like undetected for a second yeah. so basically anytime i see like a, a big enemy i can hit tap right bumper and then just go up and use a takedown move on them so i like vigil quite a bit mm-hmm. um lion's good kind of a similar thing where he just pings everything in an area around him yeah yeah for sure uh yeah i don't think i have pulse you have to unlock uh the the characters so, uh, a lot of them you start with like eight or something but i think there's like 16 pulse maybe. is one of the start ones really i don't remember seeing pulse on mine but maybe mm-hmm. i'm misremembering um but but you know to counter your thing is you, you said you you don't want to lose them but if you you can't just keep replaying the same character because if you lose health they will be injured for the next match so you'd be going in at a disadvantage so you kind of have to also jump around like characters that. also don't like that decision Oh, I, I kind of like it just because it's ballsy and it like it forces me to play other people. And otherwise, I, I don't want to just stick with one character. I want to try out the different strategies. I disagree just fundamentally. So, all right, that's why I don't like a lot of the decisions in that game. Well, are, but are you I'm, enjoying the game itself? No, not really. I'm not going to play it again, probably. OK, yeah, um, I'm going to play it again. I'm going to try and play through like all the stages i've only seen new york so far um yeah you do have to so i guess like for anybody listening you do have to unlock basically everything like it's there's a progression there where you unlock the stages and unlock new tech and uh weapons and attachments for those weapons and like sean said operators as well other operators so there's a lot of stuff to unlock and there's like bonus objectives where that you can kind of work on while you're doing the like actual level objectives, which will help yeah. you unlock more stuff as well. So it can be like the, the, the first one you get is like ping five nests, which, you know, is super easy to do, yeah. but then they get more specific and, and stuff like that as well. So there's kind of like a lot to work on. It's almost a bit overwhelming at the beginning. Um, And even like the first like one or two games, like it was still just like. What the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? What did I do wrong? (laughs) I'm not even sure what these symbols mean. Like there's, it is a little, I will say it is overwhelming at the beginning. There was a steep kind of learning curve similar to siege. Siege had a big kind of learning curve of like what you should be doing and whatnot. Um, So just kind of be warned about that when you, if you're going to start it, but it's on game pass. So like definitely worth checking out. Uh, And it is fully cross play. You can play with a PC and console in the same match. Yes, crossplay is on. I still wish there was crossplay options to turn off old consoles, people who don't have SSDs. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep running into it's like, why are these load times? Is this person on a launch like Xbox One? <laughs> Come on! But I don't know how they, they would like. Probably. <laughs> how would they? How would they like verbalize that for you to uncheck it off? Right? Like I don't see oh, a good yeah. way for them to do that. Like yeah. SSDs only. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how. Uh, that's for them to figure out. We just yep. you just want it. It's not your job to figure out how to do it. Just sure. get it done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else have you been playing? Uh I played Nobody Saves the World, or I am currently playing Nobody Saves the World because I didn't finish it, I should say. This is the new game by uh Drinkbox, the company that does Guacamelee one and two. Yep. And that game is really great. I really, really like it a lot. Uh, It plays like a pretty basic Legend of Zelda in the overworld type stuff uh, with missions everywhere. And when you go into a dungeon, it plays kind of like kind of like a Binding of Isaac sort of like take on the Zelda dungeon thing where it's not so much about puzzles. 
as it is and going into area and just killing a bunch of dudes and getting a key and then moving on sort of thing. Um, what Nobody Saves the World is, though, is that you play a nobody, who, which is just like a white dude who does nothing, essentially. And uh, you get a wizard's wand that is, allows you to transform into different forms. And each form has kind of a different skill set that is associated with it that you need to get through the game. And uh, it's really, really neat how it does things because those forms all come with like a passive that you can't change and two, I don't like two abilities or whatever associated with them. And at some point you unlock the ability to mix and match those. So you can just like take something from like one of the abilities from one form and put an ability from another form together in this other form that does a certain thing. For example, there's a mermaid form. The mermaid form is the only one that I, I mean that I know of anyway so far because it's early that can swim in water. So I am using the mermaid's like bubble ability or whatever her main one, because it does light damage. There's different okay. damage types as well. Right. Um, it does light damage. And then I put on the rangers like arrow ability because it does sharp damage and the slugs like gross like sludgy thing it spews out a bunch of sludge and like slides around on it to move really fast and to poison things around it Classic because that slug. does yeah and it's just cool because it's like I'm mixing and matching different things to get through different areas and uh, the enemy types have started having like not weaknesses so much but they have shields up that you need to do certain damage types to bring those down so you can damage them so it's starting to become actually kind of puzzly in how the combat moves and yeah it's a really really cool little game it's beautiful looking uh really good hand-drawn animation the writing is fun and funny but it's not my type of funny it's not like aggressively like bad or anything like that like i don't think it's cringy or just like annoying or anything like that it's just that there's obvious like they're writing this to be funny and i like can see the humor in it but i don't find it that funny but it's like not it's not affecting my enjoyment at all uh i think it's a really really good game that people should play if they have game pass I don't know that I necessarily think you have to buy it for like if you don't for like 20 bucks or whatever a sale would be fine because it seems it seems like it's maybe pretty short uh I'm kind of like halfway through the game I think I've played for three hours maybe a little bit more than that but uh yeah if you like Legend of Zelda E type games and that sort of thing you should maybe check it out it's pretty cool little game if you like Legend of Zelda E type games and you have Game Pass, Death Door was just added. Uh, you should definitely play that. Um, yeah. But yes, I, I did download this. I've been I'm planning to play it pretty soon. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Uh, just a lot of like it doesn't do anything particularly special. It's just a bunch of good ideas thrown together. Like every you level up by kind of doing essentially little mini challenges or quests for there's different ones per each form. There's different ones per like faction. When you start talking and getting quests from like different people, there's like a main nobody quest that levels up your like main nobody guy. And that's basically the main quest 
which is like do save the wizard or whatever the fuck it is. I can't even remember. Get gems or something. And uh, yeah, it just has that carrot on the stick feel where you it feels like you're always upgrading something and kind of unlocking new stuff and being able to mix and match it is just such a cool way to really make that pretty basic mechanic pop in a way that I don't think it would otherwise because at the beginning of the game it's a little bit annoying being like oh now I have to switch from this form that I really like to this like rat form that sucks or whatever but they open it up so much when it's like oh I can just take the thing I really want from that rat form or whatever or I can be in the rat form because it's small and take this thing I really like from this other form and mix them together with this other thing and make just some crazy build it's cool I I, nice. I haven't seen enough people talking about it, and I can see why a lot has come out, um, especially like if you haven't played Death Store, that's one of the best games of 2021. If you have, oh, yeah. this is a very good one of 2022, maybe, that you should uh, be on your radar. That's it for me. I uh, finished all of Horizon Zero Dawn and Frozen Wilds in the last couple Holy of weeks. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, keep weeks. Yeah, that's right. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> been a couple weeks since we last talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my time came in ar- around eighteen to twenty hours. I think for everything oh, that's quick. I did. Well, I'm playing on story difficulty, so everything dies in like two hits, except right. except for like bosses for the most part. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to say I did maybe two thirds of the quests in Horizon Zero Dawn. I did a hundred percent of absolutely everything in in Frozen Wilds. Yeah. Um, okay. That game is great. Uh, you know, I definitely missed out not playing that when it first came out. Uh, I was obviously real busy with Breath of the Wild, but I am extremely looking forward to that new one, which comes out in like, what, six, 18 days, like three weeks. That's real yeah. soon. Um, I am yep. definitely looking forward to that for sure. Uh, it, it's just great. It looks so good. The, the PS5 upgrade 60 frames per second was well appreciated. So I had a lot of fun with that. I've also been playing a game called uh, The Pedestrian, which was put on Game Pass a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is a puzzle platformer where you are like. Like the man or woman sign for like a bathroom, like those flat little characters, you know, the, the woman. Yeah, like, like a, the address. walk, the, like the pedestrian sign, right? Like the walk. Sign, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um. And it's like a it's like a more puzzly version of the game uh, Framed, where if you remember Framed was like like a comic book and you had to rearrange the frames of the comic book to like tell the story correctly. This is like that. But instead of you're telling the story, it's you need to connect kind of the doors together so that you can get through the entire so you can get to the exit and whatnot. So it's like I need to connect this door over here and make sure that I can pull this box over there, yada, yada. Yeah. And then every everything's real flat and it's like signs that you're putting around. But a lot of the times you're like moving, I don't know, through the ether from one sign to the next. And there'll be these really detailed 3D environments that you're just kind of like passing through as you get to the next like a lamp post or whatever that has, you know, four stickers on it that you need to rearrange around. It has a really kind of cool look. So if you like puzzle platformers, that's on Game Pass, maybe worth checking out. And then also on Game Pass that came out uh, today. I didn't so much play it as I did watch a significant amount of it because my girlfriend is very into paparazzi. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is which is you being paparazzi for a bunch of dogs. So it's a world yeah. 
where there are dogs just everywhere and they're just kind of bouncing around and sometimes they're wearing hats. Sometimes they're on like a skateboard and, and it's a photography game. So, you know, it plays a lot like Umarangi Generation or I guess Pokemon Snap if you weren't on rails because you can go throughout the environments. But it does the thing that like Pokemon, uh, new Pokemon Snap does where you can like return to environments at different times of days to see kind of different things going on and whatnot. And you get objectives like, you know, get it, fi- find your way into the arcade uh, and and, and uh, take a picture of Tony Bark doing a trick, <laughs> which is a which is Great. obviously Tony Hawk as a dog. There's a lot of yeah. fun little jokes in there and whatnot. Um, so I, I had a good time just kind of watching her just lose her mind at these cute little dogs. <laughs> that she would come across <laughs> that you can pet and stuff and, and give uh, toys to and just take photos of. So that's a very chill, delightful game that's on Game Pass. If you want to check that out again, that's Paparazzi. Cool. Let's do a few questions. If people would like to send questions in, it's top respective at gmail.com at TDP podcast on Twitter, the discord channel or John's PO box. Uh, we got episode titles. I say we put those for next week as you've already gotten there. So I will read this first one from Kevin. Those are bare with John anyway, when there's three of us. Sure. Yep. What are some games that immediately hooked you? Uh, immediately. Um, I mean, definitely the first Resident Evil back when that was out. Okay. I'm trying to think earlier than that. Like it's hard. It's hard to just not say like Mario because it. I was a kid and it, it was bright and fun like immediately. But Mario was obviously an instant okay. hook. I'm I'm uh, thinking like games that come to mind are ones that just felt really good initially, and it's stuff like Hades or Dead Cells, yeah. where it's just like oh, it just feels good to like move this character around. Um, Forza Horizon 5 has a fantastic intro where I was like, oh, I am ready to do some driving. Uh, so that hooked sure. me immediately as well. Yeah. Bas- it's basically like what game leaves like a really good first impression. Essentially. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. I still uh, think the Lego Forza Horizon expansion has one of the coolest intros to a game. That was really fun. Bioshock instantly hooked me. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a like, great intro beginning. for sure. Yep. A slow one, but just, you know, kind of aesthetically and tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's really just like this weird elevator in the middle of nowhere after your plane crashed and then just this giant underwater world. Agreed. All right. Hebrew Lantern writes, if you woke up as a Groot monster but made out of Reese's, would you eat yourself? You can choose type of Reese's and for partial credit, change it to another candy. So here's Hmm. the thing is that I could already eat myself and I don't and I like meat. So no, probably not. What? Okay. I mean, I'm just going to say no because then I'm dead. Right, exactly. Do I grow it back though? Because Groot can like grow more wood. Oh, I see. Okay. In that case, I mean, oh, here's the question then. If you don't know, but do you risk it by like eating a finger and seeing if you could do that? <laughs> I feel like I could you could like eat some fingernails. I mean, I guess technically you could do yeah, that now because okay. you do grow fingernails back. <laughs> you could, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't do that, but if I liked yeah. the taste of the fingernails because they were Reese's pieces, then 
Maybe. I guess I would. So I guess my answer is yes, I probably would. I would choose a different yeah. candy because Reese's aren't very strong. What candy would you choose? I mean, initially I wanted I want something with like a with like a pretzel or a wafer in there. Oh so yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm trying you. to think. You want you want something durable, so like Yeah. A, like a crunchy has that sponge toffee. Ugh. You don't like crunchies? They're fucking poison. No, oh, I like crunchies I like quite a bit. Sponge toffee is very good. Um, but maybe you want something with like some nuts in there for, for, so it can be even stronger. Sure. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I was okay with Reese's. <laughs> okay. I like, I guess can, butter, candy chocolate. canes are pretty strong. You could be made of candy cane. The nice thing, you also probably want to pick one that like doesn't involve chocolate so that you won't melt. Oh yeah. That is a good point. Like you can't be all chocolate. Like you can't pick like an arrow bar because then you might just melt. You know what I mean? Is there any candy that like you would want to be made out of then? Because no matter what, you're going to get sticky at some point. Like you, yeah, yeah. it's an uncomfortable life, I think. Well, I, are pretzels candy? I mean, I like them enough that I'll consider. I prefer salty snacks over like candy if anyways. i saw, if i saw someone eating a bag of pretzels i would not say hey you're eating candy i guess I, so i guess i would not call pretzels candy sure i do like pretzels probably more than candy well it depends it depends on your mood my mood so so then maybe instead of getting something durable you want something like licorice where if you got hit you would <laughs> oh, just kind God. of bend you'd be like whoa yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like kind of like a um like if you've seen the, uh, the, uh, I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but after they flatten the judge and he's all like weird moving and bending. Yeah, or like, or like Gumby, basically. That's something I'm thinking of. Gumby. Or Gumby. Yeah. Uh, Rasterman7 writes in, have you ever refused to buy a game due to it conflicting with your political ideology? And what's your take on including political themes in a game that you wouldn't normally associate them with? No, because there's no, well, I guess maybe I wouldn't buy like an alt-right Nazi propaganda game. So maybe, but I haven't like known about one. So I haven't just refused to, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I, I've never refused one. Well, so, okay, but would you, but I guess the thing is, would you buy one that maybe had, like, themes of that? And then I guess, like, you know, Wolfenstein does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have. Even if they were, like, pro the political ideologies that I don't have, I would almost welcome those because one of the things I appreciate in games is different experiences and whatnot. So that would not turn yeah. me off in any way. Yeah, I guess also it kind of, this is assuming that the game isn't just some like weird hate-filled propaganda thing, which I would not buy. But like if it was an actual game where it just had some different ideas or whatever, I would probably get that. Sure. Yeah, like if it, like I'm just trying to think of like an example. If it, if there was like a Life is Strange game but you happen to be playing like a right-wing uh, I think character. that would be more interesting than what Life is Strange has done in a while actually. That specifically. Um, 
I mean, I liked True Colors, but it's not the strongest. I one didn't in the, in the thing. I didn't play um, that one, so yeah. Uh, no, like I'm saying, the the narrative yeah. is not the strongest and most interesting. So so you might be right there, but I. But my main point of that is like I'm. One of the things I like about games is seeing a different perspective and you know something yeah. new, and so I so I would I would welcome that kind of stuff. It would not make me say, "Oh, I'm not going to play that because." you know, they're pro this, like it's a video. Oh game. yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm more going at the angle of, I'm not going to buy something where you're like a KKK member killing minorities. Like why they're, that serves no purpose. Yeah. If that's the full game that would, I would yeah. probably not just be interested in that. But if, if that was maybe like a stage first and they were trying to do something with that or say a message, like oh, I, in that, sure. Call in that scenario, I think that, of like, even. yeah, exactly. I think of no Russian. That's exactly what I was going to mention. It's like, yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of curious what, what you're trying to say here for sure. So, yeah. Um, second question, restaurant seven. So this is a work related question. And I'm going to first off say like, we are not great at advising people on what you should do with your job. <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt. So last year okay. I got hired in a company as a full-time developer working from nine to 17. So, so yeah, nine nine to five, five. Yeah. Mondays to Fridays, and most recently, I got an email from another company, which after a recent call clarified to me they'd like me to work with them as well, 20 okay. to 24, so 8 to midnight. 8 to midnight, yeah. Yeah. Hours on a weekly basis on the remaining hours of the day. So he's, so they're asking if we'd like, they'd like us to to work two day two jobs a day, basically. Yeah, full-time and a part-time. Obviously, a huge drawback are the time constraints, but as a plus, I would be paid fairly better since I'm thinking of moving out, but don't have the money to do so. Plus, I would also practice my English speaking skills, which, in case you didn't know already, are very rusty. What would you do if you were in my situation? Take the job offer or decline it. Okay, at this point in my life, I would decline it, probably. There was a time when, like... There was a time when I definitely did. If I had to stay, I would do a 20 hour day every now and like there were times where I would do that. And that's fine because it's extra money. I think I'm less more motivated by if I needed the money, I would still do it. So I would do it. But I mean, well, so I mean, so the big question here is it sounds like they so they're clearly living with their parents or they're living with some kind of guardian. Yeah, they're talking about moving out. And they will not be able to do that if they don't take the second job. And I think that's kind of the big thing here. Okay. So here's the thing. I got along with my parents decently enough. And I kind of miss the easy safety net of knowing that there was always (laughs) like food and a roof over my head, even like giving them money. Oh, for sure. Like, um, I'm, I'm pro being around my parents and, and hanging out with them. Um, I would assume this person probably doesn't have a terrible relationship with the parents. Otherwise, they would definitely be trying to move out. But yeah, I feel like we can all appreciate you do get to a point where you want your own space. Like you yeah. want you don't want to live with your parents if you don't have to. Uh, in the industry, I started working in pretty early in like my tw- 19, 20 or whatever. I definitely did like double shifts and I would just stay at work sometimes. I've like gone to sleep in my car for a few hours and come back. I've definitely done that because if there's a time you're going to do it when you're younger, I think it's better. <laughs> and there was kind of a like, 
well, I'm not, I'm not in school. I'm not doing anything else. Let's just make a bunch of money. <laughs> See, I might, I might argue the opposite though. Cause it's like, when you get older, you look back at the younger time being like, I had so much free time. I should have used that better. And because now all I do is like work and then go home, work and then go home. Whereas. Yeah, I prefer I that. I hated going to the bar and I hated all that stuff. OK, well, yeah. So different sources, different folks for sure. Yeah, I think I guess like what do you. So the thing is, is that if you need to do it, you should absolutely do it. That's without a doubt. If you need to move out because you just need to get out, you there's a situation or whatever. You should do it for sure. Well, is roommates an option? Like that's if what you should do. Is an op- if roommates are an option, I'm kind of wondering why that wasn't brought up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I could, un- I could understand like maybe I don't have any friends that are looking at the same time, but it's like, there are plenty of times where you roommate with someone who you don't know, or you are renting a room in someone's house. And yeah. I think that's the way to do it. You know, that's maybe a good even way do to it do it. Cause, cause honestly these hours, man, that's going to, you're not going to have time to do anything else. Like, you're going to get off the shift at, at midnight and you're basically going to go immediately to sleep. You're going to have a bit of food. You're going to go immediately to sleep. You're going to wake up, probably not get a full eight hours of sleep, have to inhale a breakfast, then go work for eight hours. And then you have a small three hour window to actually sit down and like have a life. Yeah. I feel like in the, in with these hours, you are, you are like working to live. No, you are living to work when you should be working to live. No, it sounds like he, with the amount of money, he will be working to live. And that's kind of the problem, right? Like if you don't have to move out, dude, don't move out. If you're not ready to good Lord, if you're going to be living paycheck to paycheck, doing two jobs just to like survive, just don't do that, man. That's yeah, a bad that also idea. that's just stressful for sure. That's a bad um, idea. I think yeah. I'm I'm very pro getting roommates because I think that's also like a maybe fun is not the right word to look for, but it's it's a life experience that I think is also worth having. I agree. That's how I found out that I hate living with other people. But like I I wouldn't know that part about myself and like stuff that bothers me if I didn't at some point so right and and but well maybe that's specific to you i've definitely lived with people who i like and that can be great and then you get to meet like their friends and you know you get to do social stuff with them which can be fun like there are there are benefits to living with people too oh that sounds like a nightmare oh all right (laughs) absolute nightmare um hopefully that um, helps answer your scenario if that second job is like also a step into a better position maybe at a company that's better for you sometimes if that's also part of the situation, sometimes you got to do a little bit extra just to get your foot in the door and maybe like get the better job eventually and quit the other one. I don't know what the situation is fully. If you don't need to move out and like do two jobs just to survive, I really recommend you don't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Having three hours to yourself to yeah. essentially have an actual meal shower get any errands like you're that you're cutting yourself so so thin i can only assume you're going to be you're going to be able to do this for maybe a month before so many things are going to like pile up you're going to become miserable and stressed out anything that you enjoy doing you don't get to do it anymore because you have to just survive in between work and sleep yeah like something to do 
if you're able to do both while living at home and just like bank money to like easily move out or something, that's the best way to do it. Cause then at least you're not stressed about if you can't like, if you have to quit one of them or well, something. Well, I'm assuming if they would stay at home, they would not get the second job cause they don't need the extra money. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's weird because it sounds like the second job pays better might like help with the English speaking, which seems to be something that like they value or whatever. Like right. it seems like that job might be so, like the intro to maybe a better job. And the other one is just the one that like I need this because it's my steady income. And then the other one. I, if if that, if that was a scenario, info, like if you're going into this thinking like this is going to lead to this, I would try yeah. and like talk to the people who is hiring totally. you and be like, look, this is where I want to end up in X months down the road, you know, three months down the road, six months down the road. What's the likelihood that this is going to lead to a full time job for to a full like, you know, try and figure that kind of stuff out, too. Yeah, it's really hard without because if you're like, if you're just in like, like two that. dead end jobs that don't won't that, you know, won't lead to not anything. That's I would take that's that rough. into consideration. That's rough. Yeah. Especially just to survive. You definitely don't want that. Trust me. Phantom Aegis says, Ahoy TDP crew. There have been many discussions about how there's no perfect game, but what about a perfect game in a, fr oh, in a franchise? I thought that said in a, a perfect game franchise. It's like, that's a bigger question. What are you talking <laughs> What about a perfect even game harder. in a franchise? Do you see, is that, uh, do you have any that you see as a magnum opuses for franchises? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think most people agree that in Silent Hill, it's two in metal gear solid specifically it's a uh, three snake eater um okay. so they have legend of zelda in here as an example legend of zelda is a tricky one because everybody has one that they would call the best one in the 3d and 2d space but i think link to the past is generally the one people talk about in 2d Right. And I feel like for the most part, like th there are favorites, but I still feel like and then this person saying like Link to the Past is re usually regarded as the Magnum Opus. It's not their favorite, but they can appreciate why it would be. So they agree with yeah, that. I think that's just, fair. just like how ones, I like Wind Waker might be my favorite or Breath of the Wild might be my favorite, but like Ocarina of Time yeah. might be like the thing. Yeah. Um, if we can define perfect as like perfect up till now because you know there's no yeah. way we can say it's going to be the best forever like and zelda's a good example it would have been ocarina hands down i think breath of the wild really puts a run for money of what is like the best zelda now in my opinion um, yeah and franchise even is hard i'm gonna go into resident evil here everybody says four and i disagree because i i like original uh tank control like static camera ankle so for me two is probably the magno opus if you go for like the four, five, six one, it's definitely four. Um, between seven and eight, people like the first person stuff, people probably say seven. Like, even in franchises, you can change up what that franchise does so much that it could have multiple magnum opuses for like the thing that they're doing now. Cause like, is Ogarine of Time any more magnum opus than Breath of the Wild? Or are they just too different that they're this now split? Yeah, I, I agree with that one is is they've they've kind of changed the formula enough that it is split. Um, but I guess if you're trying to figure the magnum opus, you need to kind of define what this franchise is and what did it best. Yeah. And then when you look at the the following titles, like I'm thinking of maybe 3D Mario's here. 
you know, okay. Mario 64 was was kind of like the big one, right? And sure. it's like, so, you know, I would, you know, Galaxy is a, you know, it's newer, it has better, you know, it, it better controls, yada, yada. Same with Odyssey, yada, yada. But it's like, how much of that wouldn't have even existed without 64 or is just without kind sunshine. of an iteration? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it, no, see, I didn't even mention Sunshine because I don't have to. Cause that game yeah, because it just stands, it just stands by itself so high that you don't need to. No, because that's the magnum opus of the other ones, which are the bad Mario games. There was the split there, kind of like name one know, other it, one. It, it was <laughs> one other bad Mario game. There's plenty name of one. bad Mario games. The entire Mario Party series. The entire like new, basically. If there's new in the title, sure, it's probably I'll, I bad. put some of the new ones in there for sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, the point was like, yeah, how much is it just iterating on the same ideas versus uh, like it's kind of it's its whole other thing. I don't know. This is so subjective, but uh, Wind Waker is a great Zelda. And I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Phantom Driver. Uh, hey, TDP. Recently, I was thinking about Back for Blood and how I feel that game is dying. I thought it was fantastic. My question is, what multiplayer games died that you think didn't deserve to die as quickly as they did? Bleeding Edge. That thing was fun, and it died in the first week. <laughs> I mean, I played, I played probably more Bleeding Edge than most people. It's fine. I'm not sad that it's gone. No, Bleeding Edge per- was personally. great. That thing was not pushed at all. Like, that thing was left to die. It yeah. wasn't supported for months after it came out. Um, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like Overwatch it, like came and went in a weird way with how like it. I feel like yeah. it burned bright and then just like flickered out. Yeah, sure. Which is odd because that thing was huge when it was when it came out. It was my game of the year. Um. I mean, I didn't think Heroes of the Storm deserved to die as quickly as it did, but that's what happens when you don't feed something. It dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Boko writes, where's the dividing line between a game that's just a porn game and a game with sex scenes? For example, Honey Pop and its sequels probably is just viewed as a porn game despite having other gameplay features versus a game versus a game like Fate slash Stay Night, which also features an amount of sexual content which is which is integral to the pol- uh, plot and yet isn't perceived the same way honey pop is going on f- going on form of from i'm guessing going on from a franchise that is grossed more than friends seinfeld and the sims um the dividing line is when there's actual gameplay or just boobies really well they're well they're saying honey plot honey pop is seen as a porn game but it has other gameplay yeah the honey pop one specifically is i think the developers really pushed that part of it to try to get people interested in it because the game themselves in the foot the gameplay is a pretty standard uh match three is it match three or four in that one it's a match game essentially (laughs) and um there's like actually very little real porn in it it's just kind of lewd drawings and incredibly crude writing and dialogue i think what would what would really help to def- define it is whether is is it just porn versus are they sex scenes and i guess yeah. we're defining the porn game is the one that is just is trying to be uh 
explicit and showing off that versus the sex scenes are like the positive one here. Like they're the more like appropriate. Is that how we're kind of splitting those two? I guess. <laughs> okay. So if, if that's the scenario, let's say, um, so I guess the example, if you look at mass effect, you can have sex in mass yeah. effect. No one would call it's mass effect a porn, porn game. They would say totally. it has a sex scene. Okay. Yep, totally. So there we go. I feel like if the, the, I don't know, the sexual scene in there, the explicit content in there has absolutely nothing to do with anything else in terms of what you're doing narratively or gameplay wise. It is just, Oh, and by the way, when you turned the corner, there were some boobs here. I feel like that's the porn game. What if the narrative is you're looking to see you're the boob inspector. So it's like Larry's Larry. Actually, that's a good example. <laughs> yeah. Are those, those porn games or are those just games? Well, I would say those are porn games because the entire point is this guy wants to look at some porn. <laughs> Whether it be a real person naked or or what. But see, I disagree because there's no real like actual porn in it. You well, maybe the newer ones. I haven't actually played like the new one. There was a new one like, two years ago. Um, there, <laughs> there's, it, always, there's, there's always another Lujasu Larry. There's always another one. Um, a lot of the times it's innuendo, silly writing, and like a lot of double entendre and shit like that. And like he's obviously horny and trying to get somewhere. Right. And well, that's I, usually I think, the I, end. I, but well, I think in this scenario, porn game is is just the title for anything explicit in, in, in content. Not necessarily there is a oh, in con- okay. Um, I see what. Yeah, I mean, if you go by that definition, Honey Pop is definitely a porn game because it is all about the writing and like talking very explicitly about maybe to like a really really crude way in a lot of things so well, and i think with the uh, with if we kind of do if we kind of put honey pop up against mass effect for okay just for the scenario honey pop if you removed the explicit nature the stuff that gives it the porn title you would still you could still play it would just be a match three game right it would be a, just a match three game nobody talks about yeah right yeah it wouldn't actually nothing would actually break nothing would be well hang on you wouldn't be able to match these three because there's yeah. not a boob right above it Right. Versus, and in that yeah. regard, Leisure Suit Larry, you take all the sex stuff out. It's just an unimportant it's, dude there's nothing walking left. around. There, there is, there's a dude walking around. Uh, and and to be fair, in Mass Effect, if you do take out the sex scene, it, it'll still be fine. But there's so much about the relationships in there. Yeah. That it's kind of it's it's, it's warranted in a bit more like you theoretically, you could take out the sex scene. You could definitely do that and you could still have the relationships. But it's but I almost feel like the relation, the sex scene is like. I don't want to say earned like congratulations, gamer. You get to see these two people knocking boots. Okay. See, that's where honey pop does do it. It's like, okay, congratulations, gamer. Here is this. Here's a boob. Yeah. Well, then you you should just get one of those coin operated old timey bar games where you get to play (laughs) solitaire and see boobs. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully that answered the question. Sukasuka writes, describe your favorite video game to someone who doesn't play games. You walk around in a house while things try to eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. That sounds fun. (laughs) 
So okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I'll I'm gonna do rock band. So it's like playing an instrument, but if you can't actually play instruments, and instead you have a bunch of toys taking up too much space in your apartment. That's really the game, yeah. Is finding <laughs> a place to put the stuff. I'm trying to th- so if I did Burnout Paradise, it would be Burnout Paradise. I think you makes drive. sense. It's like, hey, you get to drive crazy cool looking cars, yeah, anywhere you want. Sure. I mean, I can't easily explain what you do in Metal Gear. You sneak around and shoot dudes. Yeah, so you're like an you're like an old man with an eye patch. And yeah, you got to sneak through military. It's like a James Bond thing. If okay, it's like I would say it's like an anime James Bond. That's really like that's actually extremely accurate. Yeah, (laughs) that's a really good way to describe it. Yeah, there you go. Dead. Have you ever beat a medium to long game whose peak was in the first hour? Uh, Were you? aware the first hour was the peak while playing the game or did you realize upon reflection i'm sure this has happened the closest that comes to mind is maybe like crackdown three uh, the thing is is that i'm not afraid to stop playing a game if i'm no longer having fun well i think that that goes part of it is if you're getting to a point where you want to stop it then clearly your enjoyment of it has lowered significantly enough that you're you're done with it so but the question is, was there a game where the the very best enjoyment thing. started good and wasn't just middling the whole time until you were like, this is a waste of my time? Yeah. And that's why I think Crackdown 3 is a good answer, because it starts off being like, yeah, this is some this is Crackdown. This is what I remembered. And then you just kind of realize, oh, this is just kind of stale. This is, there's this is, there's nothing yeah, really this here. Crackdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what what even is this game? Why did this take yeah. five years to make? Uh, last question here from VGC Kenny. My roommate is playing uh, uh, Shimagami Tensei 5, and he had an interesting question, which I'll ask you. Is there a game or game series where taking out the plot and leaving the gameplay would make it better? Absolutely. Every single Borderlands. Outriders <laughs> is another one of those. Um... You wouldn't have to I just, do much work with Outriders to take that plot out either, honestly. I just mean, I it. skipped. I yeah, I skipped a lot <laughs> of those cutscenes because I could not care less. Um, the Ascent, I pretty much did not pay attention to any of the cutscenes in that game, and the gameplay was fine, and except apart from the where it broke every three minutes. <laughs> what about you? Uh. I definitely would not play the ascent without the plot and stuff going okay. around in it, but I see why you could do that. <laughs> um, the thing that's throwing me off is make it better. So, like, I'm trying to Outriders is like pretty good because I did that. I did skip everything. I didn't read anything that like any of the notes or anything right i guess if if i was if i'm actually making it better than none of those make sense because at no point am i like skipping the cutscene and being like man this is so much better because i because no one talks i don't to me. know what's going on yeah. no actually i take that back because i skipped claptrap 
saying anything to me, I had a better time than if he did talk to me. <laughs> so yeah. it is Borderlands. That's the answer. Borderlands is a good one. Yeah, it's probably Borderlands also. All I right. hate Tiny Tina. Oh, yeah, I'm going to play that new one, though. That's all about her. So we'll see how much of the cutscenes I play. Uh, that's going to do for questions. If you want to send in questions from next week, it's topnumrespective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. What's your game of the week? Nobody saves the world. And I'm going to give it to Horizon Zero Dawn and the Frozen Wilds expansion. A couple things to pay attention to. If you somehow listen to this, but not the last episode, the last episode was our game of the year episode, and you should listen to that because it's a pretty good one. Uh, it's also very long. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're a TVP subscriber, we put out a movie TV show of the year episode last week as well. So you should check out some of the movies and TV we recommend and don't check out the ones we don't recommend. Yeah. Um, our next episode of TVP is going to be about the HBO Max show Peacemaker, which is the spinoff of the Suicide Squad. So look forward to that in a couple weeks. And the current poll for February's TDP Plus game is live, so go vote on what we are going to play through next week. Otherwise, we'll see you guys later. Bye.